Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Intention is Everything. I am your host, Karen Frazier, and with me, as always, my co-host, Cheryl Knight-Wilson. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, how you doing? Good. Back from a trip to Sedona, so feeling all zen and woo-woo. You know what? I am really jealous because I was watching you post some pictures from your trip and they looked awesome. Like the scenery and all of the things you guys did when you were there, it just looked wonderful. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. And it's like, for me, it's like the mothership calling me home. <laughs> really? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. It is. So I'm excited about our guest today. I know that every time I, we introduce a guest, I say this, but our guest today is a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, you are popular. What can we say? <laughs> well, you know, I've been I've been at this game for a little while, and so I know I know people, and you know people too. We've just been going through my list before we're going through your list, I think. <laughs> so our guest today is Jason Masuoka, and he is um, a tarot reader, and he also teaches classes through the Vision Collective. And so I have a lovely bio that I could read for Jason, but I always think it's better if they share kind of their history in their own words. So Jason, welcome to Intention is Everything. Thank you, Karen. Hello, Cheryl. It's awesome to be here. Welcome. Yes. So um, let's start by how you got into doing tarot cards. Okay. So... Uh, I, I started looking for different uh, tools, different uh, energy tools to try to try to bring focus into my life. I was having a lot of psychic uh, things that were unintentional happening, like dreams, um, like prophetic dreams, electronics that would act wonky whenever you know, whenever anything else was going on. Um, talking in my sleep, a whole lot of different things, and I felt like I needed something to help focus that energy. I decided to try tarot cards. I went to a bookstore uh, one day and saw a whole shelf and picked out one that resonated with me. I took it home and opened it up and just right away, um, it, they started speaking to me. So I did a lot of readings for myself in the next you know, 10 years, like daily readings, um, things like that, just for myself. And then 10 years ago, I was invited to a Halloween party uh, where they wanted a tarot reader. So I dressed up like an old gypsy woman so I didn't have to go out there and just, you know, be myself and kind of, you know, dip my toes in the water to see how that kind of thing would, would go. And it went really well. It's coming up, getting readings, and then the adults came up. And I was finding that I was getting as you know much out of the readings as, as they were. So it just became part of my life after Cool. I really like tarot cards. Um, for for just that, for me, it takes the stress out of doing a reading for someone. So. It is. Yeah. It's you both have something that you're looking at and you can talk to about. And it's like the universe telling you both something instead of just you telling someone else, you know, this is the way it is. Yeah. Do you have a specific deck that you prefer to use? I do. I use the Legacy of the Divine Tarot by Cyril Marchetti. Say it again. The Legacy of what? The Divine Tarot. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And does it have the standard tarot image imagery on it, um, or does it have other stuff? 
they use the same uh, t- the same themes as the Rider Waite does. Standard mm-hmm. tarot deck. However, um, Cyril Marchetti is a wonderful digital artist, and so he uses a lot of the stuff from from standard tarot decks, but he does it in his own way. So you're going to see different images, different symbols, but the card's meaning is practically the same. Cool. And I really like what I like about tarot decks. And I have probably a dozen, maybe more. Um, And I just sort of go based on what I I have a favorite, which is the Osho Zen tarot. But then I I kind of um, will go based on instinct sometimes. Like if I have somebody, I'll have them just reach into my bag of tarot and pick out a deck and then pick out cards or things like that. So that's a um, good way to do it. Yeah. But one of the things I really like about tarot is um, how understandable the cards are. Once you understand what the suits are and once you understand the journey that the major arcana takes. So do you do traditional types of tarot readings or do you sort of um, bring your own meanings to the cards? I, I read intuitively. So uh, whenever I get a deck, I, I rarely look at the, they call it the little white book. It's the little book that comes in all tarot decks and it gives you the meaning of the cards. But basically the meanings come from a lot of people that have over the years just borrowed the meanings from other, you know, other decks. So your intuitive meaning, you have just as much right to come up with those meanings as the person who's just writing the keywords. So I use it them intuitively. Um, if it fits a standard, you know, a standard meaning for a card actually fits the situation, I'll put that in there too because that's the main intention. But also with the cards together and the person I'm talking to, sometimes that card will just it'll open something up that was totally unexpected. It may have nothing to do with that card, but maybe the person in that card uh, brings up maybe a relative of the person I'm reading for or it brings up a situation that they're dealing with. Um, there's just so many symbols in the card that anything can come up. So if you stick yourself to just those few keywords, you're really limiting yourself uh, in the reading that you're going to give for someone else or for yourself. I have a quick question. And I don't know how quick this is, but <laughs> so I have to admit, I don't know much about tarot. Now, Karen sent me a very lovely tarot deck a few years back, which I love to look at. But I have did. Never, you did. You forgot. What deck did I send you? You know what? I have to find it when we moved. I, I don't even know oh. what half my stuff Oh, went. okay. Well, go I'm on. I'm going to have to find it and tell you, but I haven't actually learned how to use it. Um, and I would like to, so basically for beginners like me who would like to learn more about it, tarot is a sort, is it a, would you call it a, a, a divination, a d- divination tool? Yes. Okay. And so you use it to learn things or to communicate with spirits? Exactly. Okay. um, Go ahead. If you picture like the universe or your higher power or your higher self or whatever you want to use as as a focus of where you're getting the information, then you, you ask the question, shuffling the cards, whatever you have, and you deal out your cards. And you're acting like you're, or you're receiving the information like you're getting it from whatever that source is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So certain symbols will stand up depending on what question you asked. Um, so basically, you're just looking at those cards to see see what's stand, standing out to you. 
there's for for beginners, I would suggest a few basic spreads. There's like a past, present, future spread, or just a one card spread, or you're just getting your cards. I'd go through each one and make two different piles. One is this card has like a positive resonance for me. But this card has a negative resonance for me, and sort of familiar with what cards come out, um, and so your spirit guides or your higher power have have kind of a a language you're building together. So when your tarot cards are the, you know, something needs to be said, you guys are agreeing that whenever I get the five of cups, then this is what that means. Or whenever I get the strength card, this is what we're talking about. So it's, you're kind of building a relationship with your cards. That is really cool. Is, is it hard to learn tarot? I, I don't think so. Uh, however, I, that I used tarot, I got my first book. I really concentrated on those keywords. I was mm-hmm. new to tarot, didn't know anything. And so I would draw a card a day. And I would take the card, I would look at the keywords in the book, I would write in the journal, this is the card I got, and this is the question I asked, and these are the keywords for that card. And I did that for a whole year, just to get familiar with each of the cards. Um, after that, you start building your own to it. You start seeing things in the cards and they become more of a communication tool instead of just something stagnant where there's, you know, three or four words that go with that card or three or four paragraphs of information. That's it. It's really limitless depending on what you're asking and what you're seeing at the time. So some people go to others to get a tarot card reading, like, like what you, you know, what you do with, for other right. people. And, and then some people learn it and they can do it themselves. Yes. What's the pros and cons of each of those methods going to someone else versus doing it for yourself? Okay. First I'll, I'll say that I go to other tarot readers. Ah, okay. When I go to a conference or when I go to some, some place where they're doing readings, go up and down the line of the readers and I'll find someone that resonates with me and I'll sit down and I'll have a reading from them. So the pros and cons for that, the pros is when you're getting a reading from someone else, they don't have any bias. They don't know who you are. So they're going to tell you the cards and the messages they're getting without knowing anything about your past. So you can kind of trust that more than when you're reading for yourself, because when you're reading for yourself, whether you're conscious of it or not, you have ulterior motives. You want the reading to go a certain way. And it's kind of hard to, like if you really want something and you're asking the universe, is this the right time that I should? Of course you want the new card. <laughs> cards, and the cards can be telling you, no, this is a horrible time, but you're going to see things into it that kind of turn it around in your favor. Got so it. Take that way, you have someone else do that reading for you. Or if you feel like the pro of doing it for yourself or being able to do it for yourself is that if you can trust your your biases out of it, then you always have this connection with the universe at your disposal at your at your disposal at any time. So it's 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 a great thing to have when you have a question or you're wondering if you're going in the right direction or you're wondering what's the most important thing I need to know or do today. You don't have to seek someone out for a reading. You can just pull out your deck and do a reading for yourself. 
All right. Yeah, that ma- that makes a lot of sense because I always wondered, okay, you you know, you want to learn tarot. Some people want to learn tarot and they mm-hmm. want to use it when they want to use it, but there's obviously a benefit to going to someone else as well. So that yes. thank you so much for it. that that makes it a lot clearer to me. So now I wonder though, when the the reader, Jason, when they flip over yes. a card and they start to say something, well, what this means, do you go? <laughs> no, I actually don't. Because anytime that I get a reading or anytime I even I, I do a reading for myself, I keep in back of my mind that I'm seeing exactly what I'm supposed to see at this time. So if someone else pulls a card for me, I believe that's exactly what the universe wants me to see. And on top of that, I believe that whatever they see is what the universe wants me to hear because I intentionally sought out to have a reading, intentionally sought out that particular person from the people there. I just walked by and, and felt their energy. And if that resonated with me, I sat down with them. Now I have to trust that whatever I'm getting is what I'm supposed to get. And you have to kind of go in your with that mindset in the tarot, not to not to keep questioning things and access that logical part of your mind or go those thoughts you have that things have to be a certain way and just come through and, and trust that. So what's the most profound message that you personally have ever received that you feel like sharing from a tarot reading then? Oh, that's a, okay. That's a hard question because I, I do this daily. Um, hmm. nothing, nothing particular comes to mind. I'm sure there's going to be dozens of them that come to mind as soon as I'm done talking to you guys. You'll wake up at 2 a.m., sit up straight in bed and go, ah! <laughs> but I, okay, so say at the beginning of the year, I, I do my reading. And so it's a, called a Celtic cross spread. I, I do that and I do some other readings too the new year and I'm sticking my attention and so um, basically I'm asking where am I where am I going spiritually on my journey in this next coming year and how is that going to manifest and so I write all these things down on, on New Year's Day and I map it out on my calendar and you know these are all the cards that I got for these different months and then I'm watching that throughout the year. So I, I will say that it, I find it profound that when I do that, it's, it's following my journey and those things end up up for me um, in, a couple, in the following months. Like the whole Vision Collective uh, came for us after I did a reading, all of a sudden this thing now exists and getting together and we're teaching classes and we're kind of moving forward in this direction. So that, you know, that's really strange because actually, so when I told Tristan that we should rename it and that it was a collective, yes. that, that was, I was doing a, a tarot reading for that. Oh, perfect. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so things that's like that. We've ever had this conversation, clearly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No. So that's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, So so do you think then that, can anybody learn to read tarot? Do you have to be a psychic? No, first of all, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I think everybody, um, I mean, yes, I think everyone has the ability to, to read tarot. And on top of that, I believe everybody is psychic. I believe that's your natural born um, 
something that everyone is naturally born with, but it's like playing the piano. Some people don't play the piano very well, and some people play the piano like Bach or Beethoven. Mm -hmm. There's a whole range. It depends on how much you practice. It depends on how open you are psychically. Um, But I think anybody can do it. In fact, even if you feel like you don't have a psychic bone in your body, psychoanalysts use the tarot in order to go through their subconscious and see if anything comes up. Or they use it with clients in the same way that you would use like a Rorschach, a print, where you're seeing your subconscious is dying to talk to you. It's dying to heal you and all the things that you're trying to do. It wants to help. So it comes out in symbols and omens. You see repeating numbers in the tarot card. It's just full of so much symbols and, and icons and themes that it speaks to you in the same way. Whatever your subconscious is trying to say to you will pop up in the tarot cards that you draw. Yeah, and it dovetails perfectly with dream interpretation. As a matter of fact, when I work on when I write dream interpretation books yes. and work on dream interpretation, I use tarot symbols and numerology symbolism and all of that stuff, just like you do in tarot. They're so closely. I was really surprised because I was doing both separately. And I started to realize how closely connected the two are. Very closely connected. In fact, any kind of divinatory process at all, when when symbols come up, symbols, the reason symbols are good is because they're universal. They're, They're in whatever the collective consciousness is. Our ideas of perfect this or the perfect that have their, they show up on, on earth in the same type of way. So the, whatever symbol that you're seeing, that's like a universal symbol, like a dove or say a cross or also religious symbols, but a star or the moon or anything like that, anyone on earth can kind of get the same kind of overall idea. It, it kind of speaks to everybody. So it's breaking language barriers too. So I'm not surprised to to hear that in frame interpretation, it'd be the same thing, just like in numerology. It's the same thing whether you're working with tarot or you're actually working with numerology or you're working with astrology. There's those aspects that all kind of intertwine with all of that. This is basically the same thing. We're just looking at different ways to access it. Where I use tarot, you may use something else. So it's, it's basically a tool, just like tarot would be a tool, just like somebody else might use a different type of tool. Like, um, oh gosh, now, now my mind's a blanket. Like a crystal ball. Well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> like a crystal ball. So, so yeah. it's, it's a tool in your, yeah. Okay. So what would, could you describe what a tarot session is like? Sure. Okay. So somebody uh, say they go online and they schedule a reading with me. Um, we'll set up a, a time just like we did for this uh, interview and I'll call them and um, I'll take a moment. And after, after I introduce myself, say, you know, this is what we're here for. And I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to try to connect your energy. So I take a moment and I do a brief meditation I do that while I'm shuffling cards and a few things will come up, like a few cards will come up and I'll say, okay, this is, these are the cards that I got. I'll say the star and the king of swords and I'll describe the cards. I'll say what I'm feeling and then I'll ask if it resonates with whoever I'm talking to. If that resonates, then I know that there's an open psychic channel there and I, I feel better going forward. 
And so far, that's always worked. Knock on wood. Wow. It's just gone great from there. And so I'll start doing a read. i okay, so what are you most concerned about right now? What do you want to know? And they'll go through their list of questions, and I'll use the tarot. Sometimes I'll use spreads. If they want a general re- reading, I'll usually go to a Celtic card spread. But if they're just asking questions, I'll just flip cards over mm-hmm. as shuffle as we're talking and let them know what I'm getting and seeing if that makes sense to them. So there could be huge benefits from tarot then. There, you, could, you could get questions to answers. Answer, reverse that. Answers, <laughs> answers to questions that you yeah. have that are very important for your life. Yeah. Or you could get um, direction about maybe where to go in life. I mean, um, I mean, the benefits could be huge. Right. And another bit is that this is when a card, you ask a question and a card comes up. Like if you ask a person a question, they're going to say the first thing on their mind the same way they've always asked that question or, or answered that question. If you're using tarot, you're asking a question, you're getting a card that that's not the way you would have answered the question. So it's forcing you to think outside the box, to mm-hmm. think thing in a different way. This card is saying that this is the answer to your question. So how does it relate? So some symbols might pop up to me that I wouldn't have thought of at all when answering this question. And so now I'm pondering whatever this is. So it's giving you a variety of options that you ever you would have never considered in whatever question you, you just asked. So that's a great benefit. And people can do that for themselves too, right? I mean, like I draw, I, I do, I do a daily tarot draw. And then occasionally if I have a question, I'll flip a card. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes my daily reading, if I have something pressing that I really need to know, I'll forego the, you know, what's the most important thing I need to know about today? Or, you know, what's the most important thing I need to do today? And I'll instead ask my specific question. Like I have a, maybe I have a meeting coming up and I, I want to know what's the most important thing that, that I need to do during this meeting to make things go well or to facilitate whatever I'm trying to facilitate. So I'll get information that way just as a, you know, whenever I have a question like that, just like you said. Yeah, I use the I Ching the same way. I like um, both of those tools. It just kind of depends on if I want answers that make more sense to me or if I want more philosophical because the I Ching makes you work for it, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, I want to talk about the darker realm of the major arcana cards, the ones okay. that people get a little worried when they show up in a reading. Okay. Um, the tower, uh, death, um, the hanged man, those right. things. Um, because I think that people misunderstand them and always think they have a negative connotation. And Absolutely. so can you, can you talk people through that and help them to understand that when the death card up, comes up, they don't have to. <gasps> <laughs> the death card 99.9% of the time doesn't have to do with death. It has to do with endings and beginnings. It's maybe the ending of a cycle and the beginning of a new cycle. It's the death of something old and the creation of something new. So sometimes for for things to come forth, they need to die before you can bring them forth. And this is like not people, but ideals, um, ways of living, things that you used to believe, um, things that you used to think were true that no longer serve you. 
say the cycle has ended, you've allowed those things to die and you've made space in your life for something new. Uh, the death card might come up in such a situation where you need to do that. And it could be a relationship. It could be a work environment. It could be a toxic friendship. It could be so, so many different things, but it's saying that this is, this needs to end and you need to make space for something new. So that's basically it's, you know, people see that they get freaked out and they, you know, the death card, I don't want to see anything negative in my tarot reading, but that's a, that's a positive spin on it. Now it could also absolutely mean, mean death. Um, but that's, it's very rare. It's, there's so many other things that, that usually is indicating in your life. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then the other one that I think makes people uncomfortable, there's just kind of a little arc of them as you go through the major arcana, which I think they represent the dark night of the soul when you look at them symbolically all the way through the major arcana. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, the other one that I think people get really concerned about is the devil. The devil is is a good one too. Um, You're right. People have... People get very panicked when you talk about demons and devils and, and things like that. This devil is more there to, to let you know that there's something in your life that you're allowing to take control of, of you. And you, you're allowing it in such a way, meaning time. Whether you have uh, like a bad habit um, that you want to get rid of, say overeating, maybe drinking too much, uh, something that's in your life that's causing you to, to go off your path. And so that shows up to kind of saying, you have this going on and you need to take care of it before you can move, move forward. So in the original, the Rider Waite edition, it's a little bit different than, than the one I use, but you see two people, male and female on both sides of, of the devil. And they have these chains wrapped around their necks but they're very loose. So you could see that the people could take off their chains and walk away at any time, which is to say that you're kind of imposing this on yourself. So when you get the devil card, just know that there's something in your life that's maybe an obstacle or blocking you that you need to take care of before you can move forward. That makes sense? Yeah, fair enough. Perfect. And and um, that kind of leads us into the shadow work that you do. So the, one of the classes that you teach at the Vision Collective is yes. using the tarot to do shadow work. And I use dreams to do shadow work. So, so we both obviously have this connection yeah. to really wanting to do the shadow work. So I'd like you to explain um, what shadow work is, why it's important, and how you can use the tarot for it. Okay. Just teach us your whole class for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And just boil everything down. Okay. So this shadow work is, is a term, it was coined by uh, Carl, Carl Jung, to describe the parts of yourself that you leave, um, that, that you put in your, your subconscious. And these could be traumas, it could be social conditioning, it could be things that happened to you along your life that maybe weren't so great, or maybe you told weren't great, and you put it in this version of yourself called the shadow self. Now, you don't have access to the shadow self consciously. That's, that's all in your subconscious. And it's kind of, if it gets too big, it kind of drives your life. It kind of takes, takes over your life and you have less control. And so the goal is to, to take those things in your shadow and to bring them to light and integrate them back into yourself so you have access to all that energy that's currently in your shadow self. 
So some things that could be in your shadow self, say that when you were young and you were in the back of the car and the radio was on and you started singing along to the song and maybe your dad turned up the radio. You took that as maybe you don't sing very well and he was trying to drop you out. Maybe that wasn't his intention. But years later, say you're 25 years old and you're at a karaoke party and people are trying to get you up there and you've always had an aversion to singing since that time. You, you don't remember that that's where it started, but that's where it started. So now you're cut off from this way that you can express joy or have fun with other people. Instead, you have this thing like, no, I, I never sing karaoke or no, that embarrasses me. And so this part of your shadow. So in doing shadow work, maybe you find out that, oh yeah, when I was young, I remember that happening. And maybe that's why I don't do that. So you delve into it and you do the work. And the goal of shadow work is to be able to integrate that. So that situation comes up again. You're like saying, that's not who I am. That's something that happened to me and I can choose differently. And maybe now you enjoy singing again. Things like that, things that you do on a regular basis, like I'm bad at math or I'm, you know, I'm lousy at, at this or I'm not good looking or, you know, I'm not good enough for this. These are all things you've been told that you've kind of hit in a way that you speak. When people ask you about it, you speak as if like you're reading from a script. You keep repeating the same thing over and over. All these reasons why you don't do this or that. And you start to, after a while, if you pay attention to yourself, someone asks you a question and you can almost watch yourself answering it just, just like that script because you're living a life that you're not, you're not paying attention to. Paying attention to where all those things came from. And shadow work kind of helps you find out where all those things started so they're no longer obstacles in your life. Well, and I think we all have so many subconscious scripts that we don't realize that we run. It's our story. Right. Um, we tell our story, we believe our story, and we believe our story absolutely. So what happens when we give up our story? So we give up our story. We have choices. We have so many more choices now. We can do something that we used to enjoy, but stop for a long time. We're allowing so much into our life now because we're not saying that this is who I am or this is what I've always done. You're, you're allowing all these new options saying, okay, this is what happened. I've healed that. Now I can move on. So it just, it just opens up so much life for you. You're also taking all that energy you had hidden in your subconscious and you're bringing it forth into your life now. So you can use all that energy to move in an intentional way where you want to go instead of just being in a ship, you're a sailing ship with no sails and you just go wherever, you know, go wherever the water takes you. So how do you integrate that with tarot? How do you use the tarot to do the shadow work? So I use, use tarot and shadow work uh, by a variety of different spreads, different intentions. Uh, one of the easier ways you can use that is say you're trying to look for places in your life where maybe your shadow is a little bit larger than in other areas. You can take the major arcana cards and they're the best cards to use for this exercise just because they're the, they're the major themes in life. So your major arcana are your major themes in life and your minor arcana, which are the four suits, are your daily, everyday thing. So separate the major arcana from the minor arcana and start going through the cards one by one. Ask yourself, 
when you look at the picture of the sun, is there anything here that, that triggers me? Is there anything here that, you know, does this card look positive or negative to me? And go to the next card and say you have the emperor and you see the emperor and maybe all of a sudden I see the emperor there and I'm thinking of the patriarchy. I'm thinking of toxic masculinity or I'm thinking of, you know, all these things are being triggered because maybe, you know, I had a situation with my father or maybe I had a situation with my boss or maybe, you know, one of those things are stuck in my shadow and is, you know, kind of affecting the way I look at the world now. So I'll, I'll make a note. I'll say, okay, this card triggered me. I'm going to go back and I'm going to research that. I'm going to write down whatever came up and I'll, I would get back to that. So you do that for every single card and you're going to find different things that maybe you haven't thought of in years are going to come up through this. And so you start doing the work of in, reintegrating that um, into your life. But um, that's, that's one of the easiest spreads to start out with. The other ones are a little bit more complex. You're kind of trying to find your buttons and your triggers and your mirrors and find all these different things that are hidden in your subconscious. But the beautiful thing about tarot is there's just so much symbology and so much meaning in each card that it, it makes it easier than, than other tools, I think, in, in my personal opinion, to bring up those issues. It's just an easier way to... For example, if you're if you're a medium and you get your information directly from source, you're constantly questioning yourself, did the right thing come up? Is this my imagination? Whereas if you draw a card, you're actually looking at something and you can say, this is what the universe gave me and you can trust it just a little bit more. It makes it easier to trust it, if that makes sense. So for me, shadow work sounds like some really good therapy to empower oneself to overcome and grow in life, no matter what age you are. Is that yes. correct? Okay. Absolutely. And, okay. Interesting. What, so, so does what you do with shadow work that involve always involve tarot or do you do other types of shadow work that doesn't involve tarot? What? So um, when I teach this class, I teach, I'm just teaching tarot classes right now and how you can do daily things with tarot and shadow work is one of those things. So I don't, I study shadow work on my, on my own without, and I bring in those ideas and add them to the class or or help uh, design spreads to find out different things in your shadow work and how to bring those forward but no, I don't do anything uh, what? with people without the term. Yeah. What is some of the best, I know you can't get specific probably, but what is some of the best feedback you've gotten from people that you've done tarot with involving shadow work? And yeah, you're, you're right in the way that when the, they're usually very personal topics that come up. Um, but some people will see a relationship in a, in a totally different light than they, they saw before. Or somebody will, after doing shadow work, find out, you know, I, I keep allowing that. I keep letting people in my life that does this thing to me. Mm-hmm. I keep people in my life that lie to me. I keep bringing people in my life that I can't trust. And you can kind of go backwards and you can find out where that first started. So you can go back and you can tell your younger self, you know, 
this happened, this wasn't necessarily your fault, and now we're trying to heal and going forth. Maybe you see that pattern before it happens next time, and you can actually do something about it. You can actually intervene before you get into that relationship. Hold on, just wait. I remember you, and I'm not allowing you back in my life. I remember what happened last time. And so I'll have people come up to me after the class and after they've done some some shadow work on their own. And they'll tell me about the, the different choices that they're able to make in their life and the cycles they were able to stop. Um, someone's maybe able to stop drinking for the first time and, and look at life with clear eyes because they went back to the time that that became a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for them and it became an important one. And maybe they're... A, able to let that go now because that's no longer a thing or that's something they're working towards. But it's, it's about self-improvement. It's about saying, why do I do these things that constantly sabotage me and where did they come from? Why did I start, start doing that? Why did it work for me back then? And does it work for me now? And can I make different decisions? So just going, so going back to the source of the, of the, of the trauma or, or the self-sabotaging behavior it's just the knowing what is that just like, you know, the whole battle or is there something that comes after that? It starts with knowing it starts with actually recognizing what happened. And for a lot okay. of it, that takes a long time to get to, to get to that one incident that kind of turned everything around one incident that let us know that we're not safe when we do this or we're not safe when we say this, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the trauma or situation was and no, it's, it's not healed right away. Mm-hmm. You actually have your attention drawn to it. It's like um, I was looking for a new car one time, and I decided that I wanted to get um, a Jeep. And I've, in my mind, a Jeep was, you know, those Wranglers that didn't have the top and big wheels and everything. I've never seen a mm-hmm. Jeep Cherokee. So I saw a blue Jeep Cherokee, and that's the car that I ended up getting. Never seen it before. I thought it was amazing. As soon as I drive off the lot, everyone has a Jeep Cherokee (laughs) all over the place. So shadow work is the same thing as when you find out whatever that that thing was that started it, whenever it starts to happen again, you recognize it. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. And now you can avoid it this time. I see. Did I go off topic or... (laughs) No, that actually, that actually is a decent analogy. I actually can because um, I, I know I respect, Jason, that you don't want to share people's personal details. But, right. you know, I have zero boundaries when it comes to sharing my own stuff. <laughs> I'm a writer, right? So I actually have been doing a lot of shadow work. And the way that I describe shadow, uh, the shadow work is that when you're in a dark basement and you think you hear something in the corner and you can't see anything, it's really scary until you shine a light on it. And then when you see the light, it's not so scary anymore. And I've found that for me, uh, I sometimes have to work a little harder, but usually just shining the light, like Jason says, is is phenomenal. So the other night, I've been doing this shadow work because I've been kind of having these this this thing that kept coming up in one of my dreams. And I thought, well, I really need to figure this out. And I was sitting there last night, just kind of in my zen out, you know, I was in Sedona, don't I feel good? Um, and I, it, it occurred to me that all of these things where I thought, you know, I just have failed at so many things in my life. And, I, and that's sort of this, this uh, story that I have, right? That, that I maybe dropped out of college originally and that I am, um, you know, 
got two divorces and, and things like that. And as I was thinking about that, I recognized that thought. And all of a sudden, this other thought came into my mind. And it was like, yeah, but I kicked ass because every time I got back up again, and I did something different. I mean, mm-hmm. so and that was that was the shadow manifesting and me actually finally understanding that and looking at it in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's just kind of one illustration. That's the way that it's worked for me. I haven't used the tarot for it, though, and I think I would like to try. It, it's a good way to do it. it. It kind of bypasses whatever, like I said, whatever bypass or whatever biases you have. And you, you're looking at things that you normally wouldn't even consider. So I find it's really helpful for that. Yeah, and I also might not have as many crazy pizza dreams. <laughs> I thought you were going to say crazy clown dreams. <gasps> no, I don't usually dream about clowns. Clowns, okay. are, clowns are so deep in the shadows that I don't even want to know where that started. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. So, um, Jason, you want to talk a little bit about the Vision Collective? Because uh, we, we were on hiatus, but we've got a little, yes. a little uh, life left in us. We do. So, um, and I, I know Tristan hit on this before, but we we had the Vision Collective and we're going strong. We had classes every month. Uh, the studio was getting more and more expensive. Uh, we weren't able to kind of get bring in enough money to take care of that at the time. So we had to say, you know, what are we going to do? And so we took a step back. And we kind of reorganized things and thought about things. And we're going forward a little bit slower. So we found a space at different spaces that we could rent for certain class days. And then a group of us would go out and uh, start teaching classes. So on, let's see if I got this right, January 4th at 6 p.m. at uh, JJ Spirit Center in Troutdale, we're going to have our, our first class that we've had at, you know, it's been been quite a while. It's been almost a, I want to say a year. It's we- been, it's, it was a year. Our last class was in May of, of last year. Okay. So it's or been, April. so it's really exciting to get everyone back together again. Um, Karen's going to be teaching, a, she's going to be doing a sound bath and wow. a meditation. Uh, what, what kind of meditation was that? It's going to be a guided meditation that is going to be a combination of a chakra clearing and then um, right. a guided meditation about uh, getting releasing things that no longer serve us and setting some goals going forward for the year. Because our theme is, what's our theme? Intention, setting intention. Setting intention, that's right. Yeah. So, so um, and, and moving forward, setting intention for a new year, it's going to be kind of... Right. An Focus and clarity for a new year and, and going in an intentional manner. And uh, Tristan's going to be teaching his class on intention, uh, bringing intention into your life and going forward in the new year. I'll be teaching uh, tarot spreads, that the ones that I use to help me map out my new year. So it's going to be a lot of things focused on the new year. Uh, Seth Michael, a psychic medium from all around us and part of the Vision Collective, will be doing a guided meditation on the path. Um, Sharon and Lewis and more members of our team will be doing a class. I don't think they've decided exactly what they're going to do. And we have some more things coming up. We're still working on, on that lineup. 
Let's save the date for January 4th. It's going to be a great day of intention and setting things forward for the coming year. So you can actually say, you know, this is where I'm going instead of looking at the end of the year and say, how did I get here? You're actually setting some intentions and going in the direction that you want to go. We're super excited to be coming back and, and doing it. We have such a great group of people with, uh, we all have our own different things that we teach and do, but we all, I think, dovetail really well together. So, Absolutely. It's a group of like-minded people that really enjoy being with each other. And I think when people come to our classes, they kind of see that. And it's just a really high vibrational time together. It's really nice. Yes. And we actually do all really like each other, which, I, I, you know, I was wondering, Jason, if you used the karaoke example, because you had to sit and listen to <laughs> karaoke a couple of weeks ago. You know what? That was actually a personal story in my life. And that oh, is okay. deep in my shadow. <laughs> and it is something that, that I recognize, but I'm not willing to work on yet. <laughs> I, you know, I understand. Um, I will only go up in the group, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Cheryl, more questions? Uh, yeah, I have a question about Vision Collective. Um, yes. if, since I'm not local where you are at, can I, does Vision Collective offer remote like call-ins or remote sessions or anything like that? Right now, it's it's great that you asked that because that's that's coming up. Right now, we don't. Okay. Now we have a website. We have a Facebook access. Uh, we all have different sites and different services that you can do. But we're going to start teaching online classes soon. Nice. Okay. It'll be something you can do. Uh, we also are going to start traveling, probably not all the way to where you are uh, quite yet. <laughs> we do go from the tip of Washington to, you know, at the bottom of uh, Oregon and start branching out a little bit more, teach different places and have retreats at different places. Online classes is a thing that you'll be able to access very soon. But you could also get a plane ticket and just come on out here. Absolutely. There you go. You got, a place, you got a place to stay, Cheryl. <laughs> All okay. right. I'm going to book it. We'll put you, we'll put you in the haunted room. Yay. I know. I'm in the haunted I am in the haunted room as we speak. That is where I record. Is I do my Reiki in the haunted room and I, I record our podcasts up here in the haunted room because the dogs will not come in here. Oh hey. <laughs> there you go. Now I now I don't know. Maybe I'll take the non-haunted room. I don't know. Um well we have other places you can stay as well. <laughs> well no, you we know, stick the haunted room. You know I'm up for the haunted room at all times. I I am aware. <laughs> so Jason, I have to say just on a personal note, you yeah. and Carolyn are like the best costume people I've ever met. <laughs> Thank you. Whenever we do costume stuff, the stuff that they come up with, like we did an 80s party a couple of years ago, an 80s dance party, and Jason came as Ozzy. Ozzy oh my gosh. And oh, cool. Carolyn came as um, Axel, Axel Rose. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a picture of that. I, they're on my Facebook. You go find yeah. them. All right. Yes. Okay. And, and that's your house. Yeah. Yeah. They were way too cool for, for the rest of us. The rest of us were pretty except for larry who came as devo the rest of us were just pretty standard <laughs> 80s people so they put us all to shame 
Everyone was awesome. It was a great time. Oh, okay. So Jason, as we mentioned before, one of the things that we would like people to do um, at the end of the podcast is just give us a few ways that you bring intention into your life. And the goal is to kind of give our listeners um, some tools that they might want to integrate into their own lives. Okay. So what I wanted to share was two different exercises that, that I do to help bring intention in my life on a, on a weekly basis, more of a long-term thing. Um, and well, when I say long-term, I mean, not daily, but weekly or monthly. So that I'll do at the beginning of the week on a Sunday is when I'm doing my planning, I'll set out a crystal grid and I'll have something in mind. First, I'll, I'll ask my tarot cards, what's the most important thing I could work on this week? And maybe strength comes up. And so I'll, and I'll know whatever area that, that I'm talking about. And, and if I'm confused, then I draw some more cards and try to figure out where, where can strength come up in my life. And so I'll set up my uh, crystal grid with that card in mind. I'll put the the card out, I'll put a candle that goes with the strength chakra, which I would say would be some of your lower chakras. Um, and I'd light the candle, write the intention on the candle, light the candle, have the card out, put it in the center of my uh, grid, and I would leave the grid there for as long as I need that energy. Um, of course, you'd put out your candle if, you know, you walk away and relight it when you're back at your space, you know, like that also the incense and everything else going on so that I set kind of my theme for the month uh, another thing that I do is I got a coin on uh, on Amazon just a, a medallion and it had a, had a quote on it that um, that I really resonated with and what I do with this coin is I put it under the the main crystal on my crystal grid and I set it a, an intention for it that I want to start doing this in my life or I want to stop doing this in my life. And I focus a lot of intention on that. Then I carry that coin with me for the next month or however long I need it to get over or to start doing whatever that habit is that I had intended to do. So those are two things that I kind of do on a, on a daily basis and, and redo you know, whenever I need to do that kind of guide me where I need to go. And I've gotten rid of a lot of, a lot of bad habits or habits that I wanted to change with that coin. So that's one of the most important things to me. It just works really well. Wow, that's cool. I had never thought of that. But essentially, you're charging the coin with the intention from your grid. Right, just like you would do with a crystal by keeping a crystal in your pocket from that yeah. grid. Yeah. Do it with a coin just because it's heavier and it, it, the symbols on it I intentionally chose those and it, it means something to me. Cool. All right. And then the last thing we do is what we call shameless self-promotion corner. Um, uh -huh. So where can people find you? Um, you know, stuff you've got, yeah. stuff, anything you'd like to, anything you'd like to shamelessly promote, love more easy. Okay. So you can find me on tarotbyjason.com. That's where you can book readings, find out about coming classes and find out, you know, other things that are going on. You can also find me on the Vision Collective website. That's vision-collective.com. And um, again, you can find out more classes. I also do a weekly tarot reading. I pull four cards every, every uh, Friday, and people choose a card, and then I reveal those cards and meanings on Sunday morning. And so you can participate in that at um, Facebook Tarot 
by Jason. <clears throat> and of course, the January 4th Vision Collective getting together for, for an all-day meeting, save the date for that. Um, a bunch of great classes, a fun conference, and get ready for the new year. That's right, and I promise not to sing. <laughs> I did need. I did want somebody to sing a little bit during my sound healing, so I'm guessing I shouldn't ask you to do it. I won't sing. You can sing. <laughs> no, no, I want people to relax, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Not the opposite. Um, okay. I've well, heard you sing. You're fine. You're good. <laughs> You've heard me sing in a group. <laughs> Um, okay, so anyway, with that, uh, I don't know who we're having on our next episode because Cheryl and I have been kind of freeballing this whole thing. So, <laughs> you know, uh, going with the flow. That's right. Tune in on December 15th because you will find out that somebody equally exciting will be with us. Meet some of Cheryl's friends. Cheryl's friends. That's right. I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been loading it up with my friends. And so it's felt a little self-serving. It's all, it's all good. We are learning some good stuff over here. We're learning some good stuff. All right. So uh, anything, Cheryl, you, anything you'd like to add before we sign off? Uh, Thank you very much, Jason. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to look into, to tarot. I'm going to find Karen's tarot deck that she sent me. I I bet you I sent the Osho Zen deck. That would be probably the one I sent because it's my favorite. So it's really pretty. It's a cool deck. It it is not traditional tarot at all. Just so you know. Um, Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not traditional tarot at all. And so, yeah. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Cheryl. We will be back in two weeks on December 15th with some exciting surprise guests that you will find out about at the moment that we, that we do. Thank both of you. It was, a, it was a, you know, an amazing pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so thank much. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.